Okay, so guys, what's your least favorite part of the project so far? Uh, for me, probably, it's pretty good so far, but I think it's moving pretty slowly. Yeah, definitely, I feel that. Like, parts of it are. The podcast part came pretty fast, but other parts are like, they just seem so far in the future. Yeah, how about you, Kaden? Uh, for me, like, I, I don't know, it's like, it's pretty good, but like, it's like, Shakespeare's just like confusing at times, like the language, just like, I don't know, I just get sometimes like lost and stuff. But... Oh yeah, no, 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 I definitely feel that. I think like Shakespeare nowadays is kind of hard to read, and it just feels like so posh and like fancy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was gonna say why yeah. I make it into like, more modern. Yeah, I think my least favorite part of the project so far would have to be, I don't know, I think all the grunt work that goes into like creating a podcast like this is definitely like a little bit tedious, like our podcast planners. Yeah. But, but it does make everything easier when we have to record our podcast. So. Hello and welcome back to Untraditional. As always, I'm your host Zoe Wools. Today here, bringing you a podcast about Shakespeare. Welcome to our group podcast. We've got Zoe Wools, Asha, Asha Kalaminas, and Hayden Douglas Plouffe. Great. We're having a great time today. Um, yeah, just talking about Shakespeare and our newest project. So, kind of the purpose of this podcast was to talk about what makes a classic. So, Caden, what do you think makes a classic? Well, when I think of a classic, like think of something like like that's old and like pretty famous like if you're looking like nowadays like you don't like if a new story just came out like you don't really think of like that as a classic you only think of classics of like something that's like pretty old and it's mm-hmm. like pretty famous and your podcast talks about sports right yeah my, my podcast talks about sports yeah what do you think makes a classic in sports or sports history um like I think like maybe like make a classic in a game like like a, like a classic game like people always remember that game like it was a big game and like or something big happened in it. Oh yeah, or like an all star. Yeah, or like the. All star would be a. Or a game for the championship that like sometimes call like the baseball um like World Series the fall classic. Oh true. Yeah, that's a really good connection. I like that. I'm not super into like baseball and stuff. Yeah. But. I am really interested in seeing how this driving question relates to all of our topics. So, Asha, what do you think makes a classic? Mm -hmm. So, I was kind of thinking that it's like how we're looking at Romeo and Juliet right now. And, like, even though it was created so long ago, the ideas in it are still referred to today. And that's, that's kind of how it connects to my topic about, like, my topic is, like, relevant subjects and it's, like, if something's a classic, it's it remains relevant no matter how long ago it was created. That's super interesting. Well, as some of my listeners might know, my podcast is about traditions and things that are untraditional. And I think what really makes Shakespeare a classic is how some of the values are still the same, right? Like we still talk about, um, you know, marrying for love, for example, is definitely a tradition that we've kept in our society, but you look back and you see like Paris who's like how old is he He like it's up in the movies he looks like 20 yeah and the kid's like 14 mm. um so that's definitely a more untraditional value that I find in Shakespeare but do you think Romeo and Juliet's a classic 
I I think it is just for the fact that like I, if it wasn't and I don't think we'd be studying it in school right now. Hmm. What about you, Caden? I had over certain things a classic like if you talk to anyone I'm pretty sure they would know what Romeo and Juliet is or like the basic concept of it. So I mm. definitely think it'd be a classic. I think even children like Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That movie is definitely a classic and I think it's retelling a classic story. But <laughs> I don't know if I think Romeo and Juliet is completely a classic. I think if you look back on it now from certain points of view, it's not a classic. It's just horrifying and kind of boring. Like you have these two kids that are not like they haven't known each other for that long. They both end up dead in most adaptations of the book or even the original. And I don't think that's a classical value that we should be passing down to our future generations. That's true. Like how I said, like the ideas are still relevant today, but some of them are outdated, like by a lot, like 15 year old Juliet being in an arranged marriage like that young is just kind of crazy. Ugh. Ugh. That sounds icky. I can't imagine being in Juliet's situation though, mm -hmm. where like you meet this person like one night at a party and like you're in clashing families and like I think I would have really enjoyed in Shakespeare to get to know the character a little bit better mm -hmm. like we definitely see who she is on the outside and a little bit of who she is on the inside but if we're talking about classical values I think it would have held up even better and it would have been more interesting for people like us in high school if we knew who Juliet was like truly on the inside mm -hmm. and I think it kind of uh, we've been talking about how, like, Romeo and Juliet, like, connects to how teenagers act today a lot. Oh, for sure. Like, that's been a topic a lot in class. And I don't think, I think that's more on Romeo's side, not as much on Juliet's side. Yeah, yeah which is a little sexist if you look back on it. Mm -hmm. You're giving more of a, more character development to the male lead than the female lead. Yeah, and I think, like, the, the aspects of the male lead are easier to relate to today and then yeah any like a lot of stuff involving Juliet is really outdated mm -hmm. so that's definitely more of like an untraditional value mm -hmm. that you're looking at in Romeo and Juliet but I don't know I also think it's interesting to think that Shakespeare n might not even be like one guy or a real person yeah do you guys so think Shakespeare like wrote all the plays or I don't know. I think Shakespeare was a person. I don't know if the if he was like I he's one guy and that's Shakespeare, William Shakespeare and that's his name. But who knows? Like I think the theories of other people like paying him for his name and then like R.L. Stein, do you remember those books? <laughs> like that's not one guy, that's a bunch of people who all write under the same pen name. Oh yeah. Um I can't really think of more examples, but good to know that I remember my horror story books from <laughs> grade five um yeah it's like yeah that's very crazy that's interesting because like we talk like it's talked about so much today but there's so much that we don't know like about like who wrote it and mm. we we're also talking about like he was uh, he was there at the time to talk about um like movements on the stage and like yeah. actions, so it was mostly just dialogue. So today when they reenact it, they don't actually know when they, like the part where they kissed and stuff because that wasn't written down. 
Yeah, or even if even if um, we're missing some of it. Like, what if in the one that we have, they die, but in the original one that Shakespeare wrote, or someone wrote under the name Shakespeare, they come back to life or something. They could it could have a totally different meaning. Mm-hmm. Like I could see him incorporating more religious values into it. Like there are still quite a few, but he could definitely like you know totally change it up and start being like these two people were Jesus reincarnated or something and they come back to life, you know. <laughs> and then you know maybe we're missing something like that that would totally change our perception of it. Yeah. And you could also think that, like, as time goes on, that might get even more confusing. Like, like way into the future, people look back at reenactments, and they look at Romeo and Juliet, and they're like, oh, well, in this one, they don't die, but in this one, they do. And so then it's unclear what actually happens. Yeah, and then Romeo and Juliet gets made into a Baz Luhrmann film, but the Baz Luhrmann of the time. <laughs> and then, you know, from all throughout that, all through history, they're gnomes. Yeah. You know, yeah. it could could be lost to time. The story could still be a classic and keep, you know, stick with our culture, but you know, there might we might lose things along the way. That's true. Like if something's a classic that doesn't necess- it means that it might it might have sticked around for a long time, but like the question of will it will it continue to be a classic and how will it how will that change? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What could you see a more modern version of Romeo and Juliet looking like? We talked about this a little bit in class the other day. I think like the movie we're watching right now, I think that like kind of shows a more modern version of Romeo and Juliet, like the I forget the name of like the the Baz Luhrmann one. Oh, the yeah, the Romeo plus Juliet one. Yeah, that one. Yeah. I think that shows like kind of a more modern version of Romeo and Juliet. Than- it shows a more modern version of it, but he kept the same language, mm-hmm. which yeah. I found really, really like. A little bit hard to listen to when you're seeing conflicting images like you're seeing a modern version of Romeo and Juliet and you're still hearing old Victorian language mm-hmm. I think it would have gone way better if he just used like normal modern language mm-hmm. way easier to follow but, as well yeah you might be straying a little bit far from the story though mm-hmm. like if you change all of the words yeah I think in a modern version of Romeo and Juliet like straying away from the story is like a really easy thing to do because like we were saying like a lot of things are really outdated in it like arranged marriage is not as common anymore yeah and mm-hmm. so um in like a modern version things like getting married in the same night and a 15 year old and being in an arranged marriage doesn't make a lot of sense and yeah. i liked like some some things like that were explained like in the in the uh, 19, 1990s or the newer version. Yeah, the Baz Luhrmann film. Yeah, in that one, they explain some. They explain one part of it that didn't really make sense in a modern version with drug use. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was interesting. That did feel quite stark. I know we were talking about a little bit in class, like what, how would we change Mo- Romeo and Juliet to be a more modern version? And I think Baz Luhrmann went a completely different way than I would have. I think like it would like, be hard to like recreate it nowadays because like there's so many things that like like I don't feel like nowadays people would make them die and I don't feel like obviously like nowadays there wouldn't be an arranged marriage I think if someone tried to recreate it now it'd be like it'd be so much different mm-hmm. yeah well in my example I 
I wanted to include a more um, a more modern theme, but still keep the ones that Shakespeare decided to have. Mm-hmm. So like I kept I kept the same characters except I made Romeo a girl, and so Romeo and Juliet were lesbians and they were falling in love with each other, but they weren't out to their parents. And so I think that brought in a more modern take of like, I'm like I'm gay. I don't want to marry this dude. He's older than me. I don't. I only want to marry Romeo. Mm-hmm. You know, and just having like having that, but have the similar have a similar story. Mm. I think would be a super interesting way to do it. Yeah, I like that. And I think if you change too many aspects in it, it like goes too far away from the story. So yeah, just you lose the story. Yeah, by just changing like a small thing, like the gender of one of the characters, like that changes a lot and makes it more modern, but doesn't change like what the story means, which I think is good. Yeah, exactly. Why do why do you think people like Shakespeare? Like, why has Shakespeare become, you know, you think about history class or English class, you think about, like, what are we going to study? It's like classical literature. Okay, who, who writes classical literature? You've got, like, Shakespeare, you've got, you know, other classical writers, but what makes people like him? Like, mm-hmm. because he, I, I was thinking about it a little bit the other day, and I think I like him because he's an underdog. He started, you know, at the bottom with his family. You know, his dad made gloves, um, which, you know, he got a little bit of an education and he rose up and became this like super amazing writer. Yeah. If assuming assuming that's what he did, you right. know, if we're going with the historical version of it. Mm-hmm. But I think, I think at the time he was doing something different and that was like interesting to people, and then. Actually, what's it, I wonder what, what, how it changed from being like a big thing in like their time, like Shakespeare was part of their time and that was like really interesting to them, to being like, how did that shift from becoming, to becoming a classic? Like, where did that change? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, that's if a really that makes interesting sense. question. Yeah. Well, I think... Shakespeare also has a very distinct tone in his writing and not just because of the you know posh upper-class Elizabethan um, way that he wrote but you know you can read something and be like oh this was Shakespeare and I think for some people that means that they don't like it right mm. like lots of people don't well I feel like, like nowadays people don't like him because they don't like understand like really what's going on with the language and stuff like people are just like oh this mm-hmm. is this is boring it's not like fast-paced action-packed story yeah the message gets lost because people can't understand the language yeah yeah well i think that's a big problem nowadays like with people trying to read classical literature like shakespeare is that we almost need it translated into modern english yeah like when we go through the different parts of the script i think we don't just read it and we all understand we have to like go back and be like okay what does this mean and yeah and have a group discussion yeah well i think that's interesting like you can also look at it almost from like a sports perspective um where some people can you know watch a basketball game or a baseball game or whatever and just understand what's going on on the court and for some people you need those you know announcers and commentators yeah, to explain totally what's lost. going on yeah 
And I think it's super helpful to have someone like our teacher in class, like being that commentator. Yeah, 100%. That's a really yeah. good point, yeah. yeah. It's a good connection, actually. And I think like, because we don't have very many people nowadays that can act, that can like fulfill that role, you don't see as many people enjoying Shakespeare in the same capacity because it is a lot of work to try and understand his language and you kind of can read you know a quarter of an act and then have to go back and try and analyze it for it to make sense yeah I know like a lot of people who are like studying Shakespeare in high school right now and everyone I talk to is like a little bit annoyed because they just don't understand what's going on and they're like oh mm -hmm. I have to read this it doesn't make sense and I think if it was more, if the language was more understandable by people our age, then maybe there'd be more people who are interested in it and like loved it. Yeah. If the language is more like easy, easier to understand. It'd be way more like, it'd be way more enjoyable to actually read. But like on reading and stuff, it's like, it's not really that enjoyable. Cause like you just mm -hmm. always like, what does that word even mean? I think that kind of goes back to our, you know, driving question, which was what makes a classic. And I think what really makes a classic stand the test of time is that it's appealable or it's appealing to the masses, right? And if people can't understand it anymore, it starts to fade away without people fulfilling the role of commentator or someone who can explain and someone who actually understands. Yeah. I like that, but I also think that people disliking it could make it a classic as well because if there's a bunch of people who like are strongly against Romeo and Juliet and they're like, oh, this is so dumb. They both die in the end. It doesn't make mm -hmm. sense. Like there's still conversations being had about it. So yeah. I think that it, it kind of stays relevant in that way, even if people don't like it. Definitely. 100%. Well, this has been a super interesting conversation. I loved hearing both of your examples and talking to you both about what makes a classic. Um, it's also super fun to talk about if Shakespeare is real. I always love having conspiracy theory chats with people. Yeah. So thank you both. Yeah. Thank you for co-hosting and answering the question. Yeah. Appreciate it. Um, yeah. And I guess this is the end. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Untraditional, hosted by me, your host, Zoe Wools. Make sure to subscribe. And, you know, leave a great review on the podcast. We super appreciate it. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you back here next time.